0: Uh, so many of you, thank you for booking in Booking for next week is open Hopefully we don't have to do this for, uh, for too long I know many of you watching at home And will be watching this broadcast later Are uh, traveling because it's half term You're not here taking a break with your family For many of you, it'll be the first time You're meeting several members of your family Due to the lockdown And uh, we're grateful that God has kept us all Throughout this strange season But God has been good And uh, he has kept us, and uh, we're grateful for that. Can I also add my welcome if this is the first time you're here? I want to say a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you've, uh, you've joined us. Please don't think this is, uh, this is routine. Hopefully we will get to a place where we don't have to socially distance from each other and sit in isolation with masks where we don't sing and we don't talk to each other. This isn't the norm. This is just a few more weeks and then we will hopefully be a bit more friendly. So if this is the first time you're walking and you think, man, this is strange. This is just COVID church. Um, and so please bear with us. But thank you all for bearing with us during this time. What, a, what an incredibly strange time it's been, and uh, we, we thank God that uh, God's, God's been good. Um, thank you to everybody on uh, social media who uh, sent me greetings and wishes for my birthday. It was my birthday last week. I uh, appreciate the cards, the words, the texts, the messages, the thoughts, the prayers. I truly felt the love, and I uh, just want to say a big thank you for that. We're going to continue our faith series. How many of you have been enjoying the faith series? Yeah, it's been great. It's been really really inspiring my faith, and I thank God for it. And we're going to be continuing that all the way till the end of June, uh, because this is the season of our church. We're taking a faith offering. We're really encouraging people to take steps of faith, to to risk it for Jesus, and see what God will do. I'm going to read a story today from John chapter 2, starting from verse 1 all the way to verse 11. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, it will hopefully come up on the screen. And then I'm going to pray and then share a few thoughts from the story. John chapter 2, starting from verse 1 all the way to verse 11 is where we're going to pick up. This is what it says. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding and his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. His glory and his disciples believed in him. I'm going to read verse 11 again. This, the first of Jesus' signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and he manifested or he revealed or he showed off or he put on display his glory and his disciples believed in him. Some versions say his disciples put their faith in him. Some versions say his disciples trusted him faith uh, was put in Jesus as a result of that this is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and Jesus manifested his glory. Let's pray for a moment and allow the Holy Spirit, God, his spirit is here to speak to our hearts. Father, we thank you that we are here today because of your kindness and goodness. Whether we are here with a little faith, a lot of faith, or no faith at all, it does not change the fact that you are a good God. And we thank you that today we will experience your goodness and your glory. We dare to believe that today miracles will happen. Signs and wonders and unusual things that you do, even without our involvement, will break forth even throughout this week. We thank you in advance for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. We see here that Jesus manifested His glory and His disciples believed in Him. We have looked in the past at stories where People put their faith in Jesus, and as a result of faith, things have happened. But we see today that things are happening not as a result of faith. Things are happening as a result of glory. And as a result of glory, people are putting their faith in Jesus. What does the word glory mean? Well, I've explained this before. If you've heard it, please bear with me. The best way I've understood what glory means is this. Uh, Have you ever seen one of these um, olden weight measures where you have to kind of, it's like a balance. You put a weight measure on one side of the weighing scale, and you put something else on the other side of the weighing scale. And if the two balance out, you know exactly what it weighs. So, for example, if you wanted to buy a pound of bananas, back in the day, you'd have a weighing scale where they'd put put bananas on one side of the scale and they'd put a pound weight on the other side. And if the two balanced out, you would know that would be a pound of bananas. The best way I can describe the glory of God is this. If you were to put God on one side of the weighing scale, what kind of weight would you put on the other side to balance it out? What, what would be the measure of God's weight to put on the other side? You can't describe him. He's indescribable. He is the greatest person who's ever lived he's not even a person he is God he created every person he is beyond our wildest imagination and sometimes we, we we don't even have the vocabulary to describe the greatness the magnificence of who God is, what he does, how he speaks, but the best way we can describe the weightiness of God, the greatness of God is to say, if we were to put God on one side of the weighing scale, and if it were to balance out, we would have to put the glory of God on the other side, because the glory of God would be the very weight of God. It would be God just showing off. And the Bible says in this story, Jesus revealed his glory, or manifested his glory, or showed off his glory. Sometimes certain things can be hidden, like when you receive a present that's been properly wrapped. You know it is a present but the present has not been revealed yet. Why? Because the present is concealed. But when you open the layer outside and see what's on the inside, what is concealed is now revealed and what is conce- when what is concealed is now revealed, you begin to enjoy what's on the inside. You think that was what was on the inside. A kind of something like that happened over here. Jesus was at the wedding. The wedding was going on. Everything was fine. After a while, the Bible says that the guests got drunk. Maybe they had a bit too much wine. And after a while, the wine gave away. People come to Jesus or Jesus's mother comes to him and says, they've got no more wine. Jesus goes on to do this miracle, calls a few servants. And standing there were six stone jars for Jewish purification. He says, fill these stone jars with water, which they did. And he turns the water into wine. And the Bible says this entire process. process is Jesus manifesting his glory or revealing his glory. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that Jesus all of a sudden had glory. He had glory right in the beginning of the wedding. He always had glory but he decided to peel a layer off so that people would see what was on the inside and when the layer has been peeled off and people saw what was on the inside, everybody said, He's worth believing. I want to put my faith in this man who has revealed his glory. Jesus manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Today, I want to talk to you about the glory of God that leads to faith. Faith in Jesus can lead to God's glory, but the glory of God sometimes just visits our life in supernatural ways so that we get to a place where we encounter the miraculous, we encounter his kindness, we encounter his goodness. And it gives our faith a boost. How many of you are up for one of those visitations? I want that. I want that. There is no evidence in this story that this miracle happened as a result of somebody's fasting. Somebody's praying. Somebody's faith. Actually, Mary, the mother of Jesus, requested it. And Jesus says he doesn't do this because of the fulfillment of anybody's faith. He does this because he just decided today was a day to show off. Have you have you ever watched a Superman film? Superman film. You know, Clark Kent has always got the the, the kit under his suit. And every time somebody is in trouble, you see him pull his shirt off. And when he pulls his shirt off, we're only seeing what's always been there. He's always been Superman. It's just that many people think he's Clark Kent. And in this story, many people thought Jesus was just a guest. But when a need came up, he decided to pull out his suit. And all of a sudden, he revealed his glory. He put his glory on display. He Manifested what was behind the layers, and as a result of that, 12 men, 12 fishermen, tax collectors said, We want to put our faith in this God. I don't know about you, but I believe in Beacon Church, we are in a glory season. We are in a season where the goodness of God will hit our lives, and there is no explanation for it. There is no explanation why God has fixed our marriage, God has fixed our relationship, God has fixed our children, God has fixed our finances you will look back and say man I prayed and nothing happened I tried and nothing happened I fasted and nothing happened I strived and nothing happened I worked hard and nothing happened I waited and nothing happened I had patience and nothing happened I prayed with people and nothing happened I've had hands laid on me legs laid on me stomachs laid on me I've had oil poured over my head that I stinking of oil at the moment but nothing has happened but sometimes when you receive a visitation of the glory of God there is no explanation for what God will do if you Will believe that God's glory can take care of things that you cannot. In fact, that's where our our church name comes from. Beacon Church comes from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, where it says, Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I want to say to every person listening to the sound of my voice, Arise, shine, your light, not God's light, your light has come, and the glory of God has risen upon you. When the glory of God is revealed, things begin to happen. What does the glory of God do? First of all, the glory of God accelerates process. The glory of God accelerates process. Everything in this world is meant to go through process. You're not meant to shortcut process. If somebody comes to you and says, hey, I prayed for you and uh, I believe you're going to have a baby. If somebody gives you that word, that doesn't mean that the next day you're going to give birth. There's process involved. There'll be time involved. Why? God himself has designed it to be like that. And if you want to make wine, it doesn't happen instantaneously. It doesn't happen overnight. You've got to take the juice out. And after you take the juice out, you've got to add yeast. And after you add yeast, it's got to wait for a fermentation process. And after a fermentation process, it's got to go into maturity. Because according to the story, this is some of the best wine this, this, this master of the wedding has ever tasted. That means it's really good, mature wine. All of that process has been cut short in a moment. And there is no explanation for why that happened except this jesus revealed his glory. I'm telling you, if you will believe, there are some processes that God can cut short on your behalf. There are things that will happen in your life that will usually take eight months, nine months, 10 years, 20 years. But when God begins to show off his glory, when Clark Kent becomes Superman, when his glory becomes manifest in your life, there will be some processes that you will fast forward through life. Not because you've prayed, you've fasted, not because you're good, just because God Wants to show off his glory, and if you're part of Beacon Church, I'm truly believing that your life will be a testimony of the glory of God that has fast forwarded things that has caused you to come to a place where it says it took me so long, and all of a sudden I stepped into this church, and my joy is back. There's a spring in my step. I have faith again, I have dreams again. I can see my children are being touched, I can believe that my marriage and my family will get restored. Why is that happening? There is no explanation other than. And the fact that God's glory begins to shine in and through our life. If you believe that God's glory is going to manifest in your life. Come on, give him a hand of praise. We can't shout. We can't sing. But we can still worship Jesus. God's glory will make happen what takes long to be shortened in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an instant. Sometimes God can do things. I love the glory of God. There is nothing that I would mourn more in my life than the glory of God. Oh, the moments where when Jesus when 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 Jesus reveals his glory, the moments when 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 Clark Ken becomes Superman, the moments when we gather together in moments like this, and we realize i don 't know what it is, but when I come together, you know what i 'm talking about if you 've been here, maybe it is in a moment of worship, maybe it is when the Word of God is being preached, maybe it is during the offering, maybe it 's during the announcements, sometimes it 's just during the the interaction you have with somebody before the service or after the service but you just know you're not alone you know the presence of God is here you know the glory of God is tangible in those moments when you can respond with faith and say that's for me that's for my wife that's for my son that's for my daughter that's for my legacy you can tap into a point in your life where miracles begin to happen and you begin to fast forward process The second thing that happens as a result of faith inducing glory is that God does not meet need. He obliterates lack. He doesn't meet need, He absolutely obliterates lack. Let's do some maths here for a moment. According to this story, there are six stone jars. According to the story, these stone jars either hold 20 or 30 gallons. If that's the case, let's assume for a moment that all stone jars were 20 gallons. That's 120 gallons of wine. After the guests have become drunk. It says so in the story, not my words. Let's imagine for a moment that all stone jars are 30 gallons. That's 180 gallons. What's that in liters? Well, I did some quick maths on my phone, not that I'm working this out in my head. But that's in the UK, a full bottle of wine is 0.75 liters, 750 milliliters. That's between 600 to 1,000 bottles of wine after the guests have become drunk. That's not meeting a need. That's not meeting a need. That's obliterating lack. Let's take it further. If you were to have a large glass of wine every day, can I just say, Beacon Church does not endorse alcoholism. I'm, not trying to, I'm just trying to use this to make a point. If you're watching this later, I'm not encouraging your drinking behavior. Please don't drink and don't drink and drive and all the rest. Okay, we, we believe all that. But if you were to have a glass of wine, a large glass, 250 ml every day, it would take you 10 years to finish that. If you were to drink every day. If you were to drink a bottle, a full bottle every day, that's a 1,000 bottles. It would at least take you two years, two and a half, three years to finish that. What was Jesus doing? I don't think Jesus was meeting a need. I don't think Jesus was meeting lack. I don't think Jesus was providing for a need. I think he was making a point. And the point is this. When the glory of God is in display, He doesn't just meet needs, my friends. He is obliterating, he's, he's just demolishing it. There is no lack when the glory of God is on display. I don't know who this word is for, but some of you are getting ready to receive a miracle in your life. And it's not just going to be the meeting of a need, it's not just going to be God coming along and giving you a little glass just because you needed a bit of wine. He is going to blow your mind way beyond your wildest expectation. That you will put your hands up and say, only God, only God, only God could have done this. Because when God's glory is manifest, He doesn't just come in small measures. He does exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond all that we can ask or imagine. God is saying, imagine, imagine, imagine. Even the wildest imagination you have, it's greater. God's glory is greater than that. I don't know about you, but I want a life. Where I enjoy that. Where every now and then I look at what God has done and I see, oh my word, this is not just God meeting a need. This is God absolutely coming through in ways where there is no explanation for what God has done. I wonder what that what that wine tasted like. I wonder what they did with all of that leftover wine. I wonder what happened because... This was not just the meeting of a need. This was God saying, when I come and show off my glory, there will be absolutely no question that it was me. No wonder the disciples went, uh, oh, you know what? We're going to put our faith in him because this is not normal. This is extraordinary. This is beyond human understanding or reasoning. This is incredible and some of you are saying god uh, uh, i've i've never seen anything like that i've never seen you come through in a way where 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 you've just done something that has blown my mind i want to encourage you and i'm confident of this The grace and the glory that we experience in Beacon Church, I know it's real. Some of you are going to have some stories and testimonies that will blow your mind. Not because of your faith, my friends. Not because of your prayer life. Not because you've understood the Bible. Not because you've been a good, obedient child. But all of a sudden, Clark Kent is going to decide to become Superman. I don't know about you. Who here believes that the glory of God is going to be manifest in your life? And God will show off His power in such a way that God will say, people will say, wow, how did that happen? That's not because he went to school. That's not because she went to school. That's not because they're educated. That's not because they worked hard. That's not because they've got talent. This has to be God. This has to be God. This has to be God. The master of the wedding comes to the bridegroom and says, hey, everybody serves The best wine first. But you have kept this wine until now. Because the Bible says, He did not know where the wine had come from. But the Bible also says, The servants knew where the wine had come from. Let me ask you a question. What's more difficult to do? To turn water into wine... Or to fill stone jars with water? If I said, hey, I've got two jobs for you. Job number one, I want you to fill a jar with water. Job number two, I want you to turn that water into wine. Which bit do you think you'll go, yeah, I can do that? The first bit or the second bit? Surely the first bit. Now, if Jesus could turn water into wine, why didn't he just fill the jars himself? Why did he need help? Surely, if he can turn water into wine, he could have just said abracadabra, and then all the jars would have been filled with water. I mean, if he's Superman, if he can reveal his glory and turn water into wine, surely putting some water in jars is an easy job. Why did he need the cooperation of servants to do it? Because the glory of God always operates in the presence of surrendered hearts. The glory of God always operates in the presence of surrendered hearts. Mary, the mother of Jesus, says to the servants, she says some of the wisest words you will ever hear as a follower of Jesus Christ. You want to hear it? These are her words. Do whatever He tells you. Can we pull up that verse? Do whatever he tells you. Standing there with six stone jars for purification rites, Jesus, the mother of Mary, goes to Jesus and says, Verse 5, they have no wine. And he says to his servants, verse 5, His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Some of you are wondering why the glory of God is not manifesting in your life. I've got a word for you. Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. What's he saying? Um, put some water into the stone jars for Jewish Rites of purification, Jewish rites of purification. Back in the day, was a was a custom where people got together and before they had a meal together or before they had anything important, they would go outside and they would wash their hands and their feet with water. They'd cleanse themselves even before sitting down to eat. And if you didn't do that, it was uh, it was it was not looked upon well. It was it, people would get offended if you didn't cleanse yourself properly before a meal, before uh, especially before a wedding. And so standing there were six stone jars, some of them 20 gallons, some of them 30 gallons of water. Back in the day, you didn't have tar roads. You had only mud roads. I've traveled in parts of the world where the terrain was like that. And that's one of the first things, even today, that people do after a long journey. One of the ways that people get uh, invited or welcomed here in Britain when you go over to a friend's house, neighbor's day, they say, do you you fancy a cup of tea? That's the way you, you invite people here. But I've been to parts of the world where the first thing they do is they come and wash your feet, because that's the way they show their welcome, because they know that you've trekked through dangerous terrain. There's no roads, and there's been lots of traveling involved, and so your feet are dirty. Those days, people only wore sandals. You didn't have shoes that were covered like we've got today, and so that's why they were there, and and the servants are told this instruction, fill the stone jars with water. It almost looks like Jesus is getting ready for purification rites Jesus is getting ready to wash feet Jesus is getting ready to wash hands you see only a servant is stupid enough to say yes because some of us who are really clever say well surely that's not what we want what we want is wine what we want is to be sending a few people down a Tesco and uh, and and just just emptying out the shelf there surely that's a better idea Why are we focusing on washing feet and washing hands when the problem that we're trying to solve is that they've got no wine? Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. I find it fascinating that Jesus' disciples, the 12 disciples that changed the world, are at this wedding. But it's not the disciples that Jesus uses to fill the stone jars with water. It's the servants who are there who says, yep, I'll do it. What is it that you want to do? Fill the stone, I'll do it. I remember somebody saying to me once, he said, I've got to a place in my walk with God where I've told God, God, Before even you say it, I want you to know my answer is yes. Before even you say it, Jesus, I want you to know my answer is yes. Because you see, only servants can obey without questions. Only servants can obey without asking too many questions and wondering what God is up to. And many, many times God wanted to show off his glory in your life. Many, many times God wanted to show off his provision. Many, many times God wanted to shorten the process. Many, many times God wanted to do incredible things in your life. And he came along and asked you for simple obedience that did not make sense, that was not comfortable, and you didn't even realize what is the point of me filling stone jars with water and you thought well i've got better things to do i better try and fix the wedding i better go and socialize with the guests i better go and calm the bride down because the bride is in a mess because there's no more wine there but you weren't stupid enough just to stay there and do whatever he told you to do and you see the wine did not happen the first time they poured the water in the wine did not happen the second jug of water the wine didn't happen the third the Fourth, the fifth. Look at that. Verse 6. Now standing there were six stone jars, each for Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Verse 7 says, And these servants filled them. Can we go to verse 7? When Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. How long did that take? I don't know. But we're not talking about one or two liters. We are talking between 120 and 180 gallons. And some of you right now, that's what you're doing. You're just obeying Jesus. And you're saying, God, what is the point of this? What is the point of this? Drawing water, pouring water. Drawing water, pouring water. Drawing water, pouring water. Drawing water, pouring water. And people are looking at you. And sometimes even your own thoughts are looking at yourself and saying, what is the point of this? Why would you spend your time, your money, your energy, do things that are so pointless, do things that are so insignificant, Do things that have making no difference. You're not making a difference. You're not bringing change. You're not helping anybody. You're not helping anybody. But you know what you've heard. You know God has told you. You are to do this. And you have resolved in your heart. I am going to do whatever he tells me to do. And you're just going to keep doing it. And 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 there will come a point. When you've done it enough. That the glory of God will be revealed and you will realize that it was not just a simple task. It was not just a simple job. It was not just repetitive. It was not just monotony. That God was up to something. When the glory of God wants to manifest itself on earth, it's looking for servant hearts. It's looking for people who will say yes quickly and stick to your yes until you see the miracle. Stick to your yes until you see the glory. Stick to your yes until you see the manifestation of God's goodness. And some of you sometimes are tired of doing the same thing. Oh, I've been praising. What good has it done? I've been praying. What good has it done? I've been tithing. What good has it done? Can you imagine what would have happened if after a few liters, the servants thought, what's the point of this? What's the point of this? What are we doing here? Why would I have to do this over and over again? What difference is it making? Who am I blessing? Who am I touching? Who am I helping? And you're just there doing the same thing over and over and over again. And you know when people look at you and you're stupid for obeying Jesus. You know they're talking about you and you're stupid for obeying Jesus. You know people are looking at you a certain way saying, oh they've lost it. They had a great future. Look at them. Look at what they're doing. All they're doing is pouring water from one source to the other. From one Source to the other, they don't know that you are right in the middle of a move of God like you've never experienced, and the glory of God will be manifest not just in your life, that it will touch other lives too. God's glory is looking for people who will say a simple yes. Let me ask you, what's your next yes? What is the next thing that God has told you to obey? I remember. When I was uh, when I was growing up, and my faith became became really important to me. And I remember being in church like this, and and the pastor was preaching, and he said, um, "We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hold a baptism service, and uh, we wanna we wanna encourage people who want to get baptized to come forward." And I remember thinking, "There is no way I'm gonna be soaking wet in front of my friends." impossible but I knew that it was God speaking to me I knew it was God I knew it was God so I kept pushing it I kept pushing it I kept thinking no I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do that I'm I'm not going to do that and the opportunity came and went thankfully there were other opportunities but I remember the feeling I felt at that moment thinking gosh I didn't want to obey Jesus Just because I was concerned about how I'd look in front of people. God, I want to love you to a point where my answer is a yes even before you ask it. My answer is a yes even though there's no point to it. My answer is a yes even though I don't have an explanation for it. You see, many people would have been happy to obey if they knew the end story right from the beginning. Don't you think so? If they knew right from the beginning, hey, if you put the water in, I'm going to reveal my glory. You're going to be part of the greatest miracle that the new covenant has ever seen. This is the first of Jesus' signs. This is Jesus coming on scene and saying, This is what God's power looks like. You're going to be a part of it. You are going to have a legacy that many, many years, thousands of years later, people in various St. Edmunds, Cardiff, people in London, people in Shanghai, Hong Kong, they'll all be reading the story and you would have been in that moment to enjoy it, to participate in it and as a result of your obedience, as a result of your monotonous task over and over again, 12 disciples are going to put their faith in Jesus and those 12 men, 11 men later on are going to change the world upside down and this thing called Christianity is going to spread like wildfire to a point where millions, billions of people across the planet earth one day will have their faith in Jesus. Who wants to sign up for this team, we would have all put our hands up. But that's not how God works. (laughs) Because if that's how God works, there's no need for faith, you see. Because you're saying yes to you. You're not saying yes to Jesus. You're saying yes to your desire. You're saying yes to your want. You're saying yes to what you think you should be involved in. Often Jesus will come along and say, hey, I, I want some volunteers that can fill some stone jars with water. They're used for Jewish purification. Everybody at that moment went, "Oh man, I'm tired of washing feet. Why would I want?" There's a wedding going on. Hands up if you want to. You, if you were at a wedding and you were, you, were, you were, you were, you were, you had an opportunity. To go outside the wedding, because Jewish purification happened outside homes, tents where people lived. It, it was a really muddy place. And said, hey, I need, I need some volunteers. And just go to this muddy place and fill stone jars with water. Would you put your hand up? You go, oh, I'd love to be a part of that. I'll tell you what I'll be doing. I'll be thinking, man, uh, who? I hope by the time I come back, my main course won't be gone. I hope by the time I come back, the person sitting next to me would have saved some food for me. That's what I'm thinking. I don't want to go and fill stone jars with water. I wonder if you're willing to be a servant to say yes and yes again and yes again and yes again and yes again and yes again. again. What did they think when when they were all half full? I mean, surely by the time it reached about 50 gallons, they would have thought, what's the point of this? What is the point of this? 60 gallons, 70 gallons, 80 gallons, 90 gallons. Surely when it reached 100 gallons, they would have thought, what's the point of this? Sometimes obedience to God is like that. We tithe and then we stop tithing. We want to follow Jesus, and then we stop following We want to worship, and then we don't want to. We want to pray, and then we don't want to. We obey, and then we give up. We love, and then we don't want to. We forgive, and then we go back to resentment. We say yes to Jesus, and then we're not sure. We want to serve Him, and then we're not sure. We want to give Him our yes, and then we hold back. And when we dilly-dally like this, you will still go to heaven. Jesus still loves you. You will still be forgiven. You are still a child of God. But could it be possible you would have missed out on the glory of God the glory of God the glory the very weight of God is waiting to show off through lives that can say a simple yes again and again and again and again one of my friends and mentors in the ministry once said to me he said Sujith You need to tell your people that Jesus is not a politician to be negotiated with. He's a king to be obeyed. He's not a politician to be negotiated with. He's a king to be obeyed. Jesus is king. Either you decide in your heart that he is good and so you're going to obey him. Or you decide in your heart he's not good and he's not worth obeying. He is worth obeying. He's worth laying down your life. He is worth trusting. He is worth it, my friends. The water comes all the way up to the brim. It says, now draw some and take it to the chief steward. The <laughs> chief steward tasted the water that had become wine, says to um, the bridegroom, everybody serves the good wine first. Um, but now you've kept the best wine until all the guests have become drunk. The Bible says in verse 11, Jesus did this the first of his signs and revealed his glory and his disciples Believed in him. This is the first sign Jesus did. Isn't it amazing that Jesus Christ is introducing the new covenant? The old covenant is when you followed God because there were a list of written rules and regulations you had to memorize and follow, and it was more of a contract than a relationship. But Jesus is introducing the new covenant, and the first miracle Jesus decides to do, the first miracle Jesus decides to do isn't to meet the need of the spirit? Isn't to meet the need of the mind? Isn't to meet the need of the body? Because the first miracle could have been salvation. The first miracle could have been a healing. The first miracle could have been the mind being touched. The first miracle Jesus performed was a wedding. People didn't have wine. I mean, it wasn't even a big need, was it? According to the story, the guests are already drunk. Surely it's not a priority for the son of God who has three years to do his business before its time is over. But he picks a wedding. He doesn't pick a leper. He doesn't pick somebody who's going to hell. He doesn't pick uh, more uh, injurious situations. He doesn't pick more catastrophic situations. He picks a wedding to make wine at a wedding where the guests are already drunk. I think Jesus is trying to say something. I think he's trying to say that he's infinitely more interested in what you think is nothing what you think is little, what you think is insignificant, you know, in the old covenant we, we, we had we had degrees of significance you know, there was this place called the holy of holies that was the most important place and then there was the holy place and then there was the outer courts and then there were the feasts and then there were, there were all these offerings and then there was all these rituals and then there was the law and then there were particular days which were holier than the other days and, and then There was the Sabbath where you didn't have to do any work. And you were not supposed to do any work. And there were these other days where you could work. but, But the new covenant, Paul says it this way. Whether you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God. Can I tell you, Sunday is a holy day, but so is Monday, so is Tuesday, so is Wednesday, so is Thursday, so is Friday, so is Saturday, so is Sunday. Can I tell you, you can feel the presence of God when we're here, lifting our hands and raising a hallelujah, but you can feel the glory of God when you're at work dealing with a boss you don't like, working with colleagues that get on your nerves, and you're trying to get your children ready for school in the morning, and you don't know whether this is a house or whether this is a zoo, even in that moment. Even in that moment, you can feel the glory of God. You can feel the presence of God. You can feel the goodness of God. You can feel the touch of God. Because God moved out of His holy place. Back in the day, we used to sing a song and it went like this. I enter the holy of holies to say that there was a time when Jesus was on the cross and he died. His hands were nailed, his feet were nailed, his side was pierced, his back was whipped. There was a crown of thorns on his head, his beard was pulled. He was so stressed that his own skin began to sweat blood and they nailed him to the cross. And when he breathed his last, the Bible says there's a veil in the temple. It was torn from top to bottom. The place between the holy place and the holy of holies was torn. And I used to think that that happened so that we could enter the Holy of Holies. You no, know, my friends, in the New Covenant, we have to realize that the veil was torn from top to bottom, not so that we can enter the Holy of Holies, but so that the Holy of Holies can enter us at any time, at any place, at any given moment. You can come with boldness to approach his throne of grace. When you're driving, you can see the glory of God. When you're at work, you can see the glory of God. When you're in school, you can see the glory of God. When you're just doing your chores in the kitchen and you're saying, this is so monotonous, why am I doing this? Surely there's got to be more purpose to my life. Surely God has got something better for me. Don't quit. Don't give up. God's glory can show up anywhere. And the first miracle Jesus chooses is to obliterate a need that wasn't even a need. According to the story, everyone's drunk already. He's going to show that the glory of God can show up in the presence of drunk guests the glory of God can show up in the presence of people who didn't understand. The glory of God showed up in presence of disciples, his followers who hadn't put their faith in Jesus yet. Verse 11, they put their faith in Jesus. Up until then, they're following this rabbi. They think, oh, this guy's interesting. I really want to follow him for the rest of my life. And they're thinking, and the moment they see this, they put their faith in him. There is no faith there. There are drunk guests there. People are struggling because there's no wine there. People are panicking because they think there's a shame that has been brought to the family the the master of the wedding is going oh my word why is the bridegroom not showing off the best wine first there is absolute pandemonium there it's not worship music it's not beacon church there's no pastor there the conditions are not perfect for a miracle but jesus shows off his glory in the presence of drunk people as his first miracle to prove a point in the new covenant God's grace and glory can be accessed anywhere anytime any place some of you come today and said God what is the point of my life I don't know if I enjoy my work I don't know if I enjoy my marriage I don't know if I enjoy being a dad and mom because it's just monotony it's just me doing these tasks over and over again I've often asked what is the point of my life can I encourage you That God's glory is getting ready to visit your life. But you will not give up. That you will keep going. That The one moment you go. Wow. I was part of a legacy that will outlive my life. Touch disciples who will go on then to plant churches, preach the gospel, and turn the world upside down according to the scriptures. That's what those men did. They turned the world upside down. Why? Because a few people said... um, Jesus is worth obeying he's worth obeying I'm going to give him my yes yeah I'm not going to be at the wedding I'm probably going to be at this mud shack with Jewish stone jars that are used to clean dirty feet and that's all I'm going to do If if that's all God's called me to do that's all I'm going to do give him your yes Give him your yes. He's a good God. Give him your yes. He's worthy of it. Give him your yes. Give him your yes. For a moment of concentration and privacy, will you close your eyes? Say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want me to say yes to? Say, God, what is it that you want me to say yes to? Some of you have given him your yes, but then it's become a no. And then it's become a maybe. And then it's become I'm not sure. Some of you have given him your yes, but then you realize that there was no point to it, so you've quit. But today, the glory of God awaits for surrendered hearts. The glory of God awaits to work with surrendered lives. The glory of God awaits to work through people who are quick to say yes. The glory of God awaits for those who are willing to say yes even before they know the full picture. The glory of God awaits for those people who are saying yes even before all your questions are answered. The glory of God awaits to manifest itself through people who say I don't know why I'm doing this, but I've made it my motto, do whatever He tells me to do. Holy Spirit, come and speak now to hearts in only ways you can. Hey, I can't tell you what your next step is. This church can't tell you what the next step is. We can guide you. We can point to Jesus. But Jesus is not a politician to be negotiated with. He's a king to be obeyed. And you have to decide in your mind, is he good? Because if he is good, you can obey him. If he's not, you can't. Is God good? Then trust him. Trust him. Are you going to trust Him with your spirit or are you going to be in control of it yourself? Are you going to trust Him with your mind or would you prefer to have control yourself? Are you going to trust Him with your emotions or would you prefer to have control yourself? Are you going to trust Him with your relationships or would you rather have it your way? Are you going to trust Him with your finances or would you rather have it your way are you going to trust him with your health or would you prefer to be in control are you going to trust him with your future or are you going to manipulate it so that you're in control either way you're loved either way you're accepted either way you're forgiven either way You are a child of God. Whichever choice you'd make, you are a child of God. But the glory of God awaits for those hearts who say yes quickly. The glory of God awaits for lives that want to surrender completely. The glory of God awaits for lives that will yield to His word wholeheartedly, the glory of God awaits for those people who will say yes, and yes, and yes, and a thousand yeses if necessary, until water is at the brim, what is your yesterday? The glory of God awaits for you. Holy Spirit, come and speak to hearts here. And if you get a sense of what it is that God wants for you, it might be difficult, it might be easy, it might be foolish, it might be tricky. Oh, here's another one. It might be a thought and you're not sure if it's God. I want to encourage you to share that with somebody who is spiritually mature that you trust. I'd love you to share it with me. Contact me. Let me know and say, Hey, I feel God's been telling me to do this. I need your help just to help me follow through. I'd love to journey that with you. I mean it. I genuinely mean it. Nothing gives me greater joy than to see people walking in obedience to Jesus. So I will give my life for it if you know that God is giving you a sense of what your next step is. Why am I saying that? Well, we know in in the world, don't we, that many times we follow through only when we walk in accountability with somebody else. How many times have you had a good idea and not done it? Don't waste this moment, don't waste this voice. Don't waste what it is that you're hearing and sensing and feeling right now. Come on, decide right now that you'll send me a text, you'll send me an email, contact me on the website, or contact somebody that's spiritually wise that you trust and say, hey, Jesus has told me to do this. It's going to be difficult, but will you please help me? Oh, I'm confused. I don't know what my next step is. Please help me. We want to journey this with you so you know you're not on your own. Father, I thank you for the glory of God that is manifesting in people's lives. Today, I want to pray for three sets of people. Number one, if you have never made a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ and you say, Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I'm going to take that plunge. I'm going to take that risk. I'm going to take that step. To say, I trust you with my life. I have decided in my heart that you are good. I don't understand it all. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died, and if you will confess with your mouth that he was raised from the dead, then you will be rescued from your old life, given a brand new identity to become a child of God. Today is a day you can make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you've made a decision many, many years ago, but you've not followed Jesus. And today you've walked into this building and you've heard again for the miracle of the cross, the blood of Jesus that forgives all sin, guilt, shame, and makes people brand new in Jesus. If that is you, I want to give you a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. There are many other followers of Jesus Christ in this building who will also pray that prayer with you so you know you are not on your own. But just so that I know who I'm praying for. For a moment of concentration and privacy while every eye is closed and every head is bowed. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. But if it helps you concentrate, I'm going to encourage you to do this. If you want to make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Very quickly, just put your hands up and down so I know who I'm praying for. Who am I praying for? You know you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Say, that's me. Please pray for me. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died and that you rose again. I give you my life and I receive yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, the second prayer I want to pray is for those people who say, hey, I believe God is going to show off His glory in my life. I don't know, but when I heard that, I felt an excitement on the inside. I felt I felt faith rise on the inside. I felt that was for me. I want you to pray for me that you will solidify that word in my life. If that's you, I want to pray for you. And the third group of people I want to pray for is you say, hey, when you spoke about the glory of God shortening process and saying, hey, uh, I, 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 I just felt that when you were sharing that word I felt God give me faith that there are things that are going to be shortened in my life so that they will happen quickly and lastly if you said oh you know what I want to be those servants I want to be people I want to be a person that gives Jesus his quick yes gives Jesus their quick yes I want to I want to yield surrender completely I want to see the glory of God manifest that's me If this is any of you, I want to pray for you. Just show me your hands, who I'm praying for. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you let's pray Father, in the name of Jesus come on and you release your faith where you are in the name of Jesus we declare Beacon Church will see the glory of God we will see the glory of God we will see the glory of God we'll see the glory of God in our finance we'll see the glory of God in our marriage we'll see the glory of God in our future we'll see the glory of God in our children we'll see the glory of God in our mental health we'll see the glory of God in our emotional health we'll see the glory of God in our relationship with you we'll see the glory of God at work we'll see the glory of God in our decisions we see your glory. Reveal your glory in Jesus' name. We receive your glory. And we command in Jesus' name that there will be processes that are shortened in Jesus' name. Miraculously, things that took eight months, Lord, will start to happen this week. Things that have been delayed over and over again will start to move. I see paperwork starting to move on behalf of certain people. I see relational wholeness accelerating on behalf of certain people. I see provision in terms of contracts and new job opportunities and promotions happening quick and moving for certain people i see wholeness health and healing happening quickly in people's lives in jesus name we command the glory of god to accelerate process to accelerate process in the name of jesus Lord, we pray for every person who says, I want to surrender my heart. I want to yield my life. I want to be a vessel that will be stupid enough to say yes and yes again and yes again and yes again and yes again. You are not a politician to be negotiated with. You are a king that needs to be obeyed. Today we worship you. We adore you. We honor you. We yield and we surrender our life to you. And to every person that says, I want to be one of those servants that will say yes to the glory of God, that will say yes to obedience, that will say yes to the next step, that will say yes, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, you have told all of us what our next step is. We pray for great courage. We pray for great grace. We pray for great accountability. We pray for a family, Lord, a network of people who will journey alongside each other, who will say, I'll help you. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. We can do this we will make it this is going to be some challenging decisions to make but we're going to do it because Jesus is worth it Lord I pray in Jesus name that today you will see surrendered yielded hearts today And that Lord, years to come, the legacy of a surrendered heart will touch and turn the world upside down. If a few servants who filled a stone jar with water could cause apostles to believe in Jesus, then we dare to believe that our feeble obedience, that our feeble confession, that our feeble praise, that our feeble worship, that our feeble gifts, that the tithes and the offerings that we bring, that the faith offerings that we have taken, Lord, we dare to believe that years to come, the legacy that's going to be born out of it will change and shape the world upside down we dare to believe it we thank you for glory in our lives this week we will see a tangible difference in the way we walk in the way we talk in the way we communicate in the way we are at work because lord in surprising ways we will encounter your glory let's stand all over this place if you're able to we're going to finish with a song if you're able to do that but let's focus on Jesus don't forget what it is that you feel the Holy Spirit is telling you to we're going to play another song of course during COVID we can't sing but you can put your focus on Jesus and allow this moment to be a moment of interaction where you interact with faith and you release faith and you receive the glory of God